Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. No, no, no. Hello to you. <laughs> no, no, no. Hello to you. You put call... the O into... Ooh. You put the hell into hello, Scotty. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, so, Scotty, you didn't you didn't answer me, and then I had to wait for you to call back, and I was reminded of something funny that happened to me um, last week. Would you like to know about it? I always like to hear about something funny. So, I don't know whether you've noticed, uh, but if you have AirPods in... Uh, Apple, you know, it basically says, it has this chirpy voice, at least the way I have my say, it's like, incoming call from, would you like me to answer? And I suppose that that way you can just tell Siri to answer for you. But uh, if it just takes, last week there was a a random robocall from a New York, you know, number, which is 1212, but the number itself wasn't formatted. So Siri chirpily read to me, incoming phone call from 1,212,347,000 and so on and so forth. It was quite amusing. I wish there was a way to record it, but somewhere somebody left, left, uh, you know, something to be desired in, in whatever machine learning model they have, because presumably they know that there's an incoming phone call. <laughs> so they could have like, would it have killed them to throw in a couple of commas to make pauses so that it would sound more like a phone number and not some random number? Yeah. I mean, we put that down to Siri and Siri only. And Siri only. All right. Well, let's not get too serious. Why don't you tell us about something that's useful? Well, I don't know if I have anything useful. Do you know what, John? I was just thinking, just before you rang me, it, it feels like only moments ago that you were last injecting your uh, dulcet tones into my ears. Um, and I really don't know where this week has gone and or what I've achieved or, or, or you know, what benefit to the universe I have been, um, which is quite scary, really. Hmm. Well, um there are a couple of words in different languages which I can use to express what you've achieved in the last week. Would you like to hear some of them? <laughs> yes, please do, because I think it would be uh, it would provide title material, maybe. <laughs> Niente, nicht, rien. <laughs> I do not know these languages of which you speak. Nada. <laughs> Niet. <laughs> Jack shit. Yeah, no, I don't believe that's true. I'm sure you've achieved something, but just in case you haven't, I guess I can pull. I can I can hold up this section of the well, podcast. I have been I have been doing client work, but I because I went back to client work after taking a number of weeks off, and uh, you know, obviously having taken some time off from it, that meant a few things have built up. So, well, it was fantastic uh, getting to work on Moneywell for sort of five weeks with virtually no distractions other than you now and again. Um, it, uh, you know, going back to client work is just sort of left this big list of things to do. And, um, yeah, so since doing that, my attention to money well has been virtually zero. And it's, you know, it's quite hard to get, you know, apps going when you're in this, like, you know, feast or famine, or, you know, um, you know, stop start mode. So yes, so there has been some serious contemplation going on about um, you know how to take this forward for next. But I'm not really have uh, made any decisions or in a position to to say anything there. But um, I, I have to say, anyone who has uh, got a significant app or a significant app update out of the door um, while doing the day job, um, 
uh, has all kudos that I can possibly put their way. Uh, wait, we have a special call-in, a guest caller. <laughs> can we bring them in? Caller, are you on the line? Georg, welcome. How are you? <laughs> Scotty, <laughs> why you wait so long to tell us what we already knew? <laughs> that was a pretty good Georg impression, actually. I'm sure he's he going to hear it. I'm sure he will be he's... mighty, mighty pleased. Do that again. No, no, I can't because he's going <laughs> to kick my ass. Always, oh, that's, why know, you, thinks... that's why I want you to do it again because maybe now he'll give you shit and not me. No, no, that's not a chance. But Georg, Georg, you get an app. Well, he hasn't got the app at the door yet, has he? No, he hasn't. We haven't he's heard too from him because he's too busy gazing at the stuff. He's too busy working on it to, to bother even listening to us anymore, maybe. Hmm. Gosh, I hope that's not the case. And he hasn't he hasn't called in to tell us how you say jack shit in Bulgarian. You you, you ain't you ain't shipped jack shit, but <laughs> yes, Georg, do tell us how to say that in Bulgarian. Yes, so uh, there we are. But um, yes, on other news this week, uh, yeah, I've just been doing um, a whole bunch of design work for a client project. I mean, as in architectural or not even architectural design, just how this is going to work. Design to have a major. Um, uh, I can't really say too much. Uh, a major thing going to go on that requires a lot of work on the back end and a lot of work on the um, in, in the client. And equally, there is an Android application as well, which we don't work on. But um, so and so, just trying to coordinate how you know a major change of architecture and features and versions happen between all three moving parts. Um, with a live, uh, a fairly considerably large live um, user base, uh, and um, uh, yeah, some on the old way already, some in a new way already, and uh, just making sure that you don't screw up everyone's lives has is really you know quite challenging to work out in the way that um, you know you you keep doing things and realize well what happens in this case, what happens in that case, and. Um, there comes a point where you have to say, well, now we need to do something because planning can only show so much and the real detail will come out when we start doing this other stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, again, can't say too much, but this it's it's sort of interesting, but at the same time being frustrating that, uh, you know, whenever you're reliant on other people or other things going on or other parts of the system, um, you know, it, it makes it means you're not necessarily developing in the most ideal way or the most optimal way that would be for you. And that sort of collaboration between teams and how it goes is um, is really important. But as that is your entire job, I guess you are well used to that. And it sounds like you guys have it reasonably well sussed. Uh, we kind of do. And that 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 reminds me of something. How about for a smooth segue? So I want to share something else with you kind of a, a life journey's realization. Go. Okay. So uh, some of y'all might know that I got my very start in, in my career uh, working in a language translation and training company in New York way, 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 way back then. So I, I do care deeply about localization and the quality of it just, it just because I like languages and I care about that stuff and I find it an interesting challenge. And 
I also realize that, you know, I've had an enormous privilege, you know, having having been in India, appreciating what the challenges are of trying to compete, you know, in, in an arena with much better funded and then much better staffed and much better kind of whatever kind of or, or potentially organized companies. And it's a difficult thing to do. And then, you know, what you talk about, about having to try and ship a product while doing something else, I'm well aware of, of, of these struggles because I've lived them and, and breathed them and ate them and all those types of things. Um, and I also am one to uh, remember things that, that people say that are important, that have a mark on it. And, and I, I, I think at various times we've talked about about uh, Wave, uh, Dr. Wave, famous uh, Pixar engineer and, you know, you know founding and founder of, 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 the, of an important part of the, the next developer scene from having produced something called Wayne's World. Just he's well known in, 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 in the in the industry. But I, I remember him saying, maybe it was on Twitter somewhere else, basically saying that, hi, you know, you know if you contact me, you know, on LinkedIn or wherever, do, do give some indication about why you're calling or whatever. And, and at first I thought, yeah, I thought it was like, well, you know, he's so big and, and no one can ever talk to him. And I will never be as big as him or have the level of influence he has. But being that I, I work at Netflix and Netflix is a pretty well-known company, I do hear from lots of different people, some that I, I, I've known well over the years who who like to, to point out bugs. And I always appreciate. Thank you, Dan. Um, or people who just say, hey, you know, I would like to, 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 to introduce something with you or would you come give a talk or this, that, and the other thing. And I've always tried to, to remain graceful and, and I, I think I've done a pretty good job because I think it's important. Um, and I was contacted multiple times by email um, by a company that was offering uh, is offering localization a localization framework, which looks really good, and I'll link to it in the show notes. And I, you know, after the, the third time they wrote and they were describing how good their system is, and I wrote back to them, I said, I have no doubt that you have a really good system and I'm predisposed to like it because because I, I care about the stuff. I spend a lot of time on it, but we're not a good sales prospect for you because, as you might imagine, localization is really, really important to us. And we do spend a lot of time on it precisely because it's important to us. And, and the features that you're describing are ones that we've had as a baseline capability in, in, in what we have internally. But, you know, I will happily, you know, share the spread the help spread the word because what you what you built looks good. So I'm here to, to make good on that promise. But the one little thing I will say without naming names or shaming people, because there's no shame, but like if, 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 if somebody b writes back to you and after you've tried to get in touch with them, it's a nice, it's a nice form to, to acknowledge when they've gotten back to you. I just something that, that, you know, general politeness in the world, I think should try to be maintained. But uh, the product is called iLocalize, and there's a, there were, uh, you know, from the website, it looks very interesting in that it's, it's you know, a shared repository and a, 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 an API and, and an embeddable framework which lets you do things like, you know, deliver, uh, you know, text string updates to an app that's already shipped. Um, and for some people, that's super important, especially at a large scale, because, you know, you may have a mistake that you need to correct or or whatever. And so having that capability um, is, is helpful. But I, I'm always reminded of the importance of good localization and good hygiene on that because every time we ship a new language, I'm always certain it's like, oh, we've seen everything, done everything, but there's always going to be something else. Um, and while working on, on to fix a bug for a new upcoming language, I found something that was kind of interesting, but I'm going to take a breath 
for a second before we go to the, to the explanation of that. So our listeners can, can have a break for a second and you can say something insightful. Go ahead. Well, I don't know if it's going to be insightful, but I'll say something. I think localization is a difficult one, isn't it? For, um, I, I think big companies, Netflix, you know, Apple, whatever else, they should localize. They have no excuses. You know, it's, um, but, you know, as an indie developer, um, localization is not cheap, even when you use good services. Um, it's a lot of work and a lot of efforts. And particularly when you're launching a new app and you don't really know if you can have any success at all, um, you know, quite a big investment, you know, so then you you do the old thing, you think, well, I'll ship in English first or whatever your local language is, but you know, let's say most people I believe probably ship in if you want your app to be widely successful in English first, because it's probably the most common software language. I'm, I'm taking a guess there. I could be wrong. Um, and then you think, and we'll come back, and if it's successful, we'll localize. But, of course, as soon as you make that decision, you probably don't do things quite the way you should if you want to properly localize, which means now to localize, you have to go back and retrofit code. And just like writing unit tests later or whatever else, that's always a good intention, but doesn't always happen. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that, you know, you then end up with a lot of apps that are now a few years old and they're doing reasonably well. Um, you know, they've got lots of new features, but there is still only in the language they were released in because you know, that decision was made, made early. And even though they now may have the inclination, because if the app was also in Spanish, it would go really well or German or whatever it might be, um, uh, you know, it's now quite a lot to go back and you're touching code that has become now after a few years a bit crusty and a bit fragile and you don't really want to get in there and mess it around anymore uh, and so although everyone I mean, sets off with good intentions you then find a lot of apps that no one is prepared to go back and put the resources or take the risk to go back and localize so there's got to be really that you know um, I, I would love to see some examples and some resources about how I could you know uh, prepare my app properly for localization. And I know it says strings files and using you know, the, the right way, but I mean, lots of good stuff on about how you could prepare for localization without actually doing localization so that when you come to make that choice in the future, you're there. I think that that actually is an insightful point. And, and, and what you're saying is completely true. I mean, I was very lucky that when I was working on Memory Miner, I talked about it, you know, well before shipping on it and talked about it, you know, as this thing that, that, you know, in my fondest of, of dreams would be a global phenomenon. So I was always kind of inclined to make it work. And I, I did the, the right things from the beginning just because I, I don't know, I don't know a way not to do that, <laughs> that, that I can live with, you know, if the, having hard coded strings or things of that nature in your app just makes me unhappy. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but just because you, you make the investment to, to get an app localized doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be successful in the market because that's, that's just table stakes, high quality localization. It's like if you're not able to do it, it it's, it's almost not worth doing at all. Um, and I was also very lucky that I had people that, that wrote in saying, Hey, I would like to do this. You know, can I do it in French? Can I do it in, 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 in German? Can I do it in these languages? Cause that's really important too, because, you know, no matter how great your, your translators are, they may not have the, the up to the second knowledge of, of, of what a good term would be. Um, because it's, it translation is not just saying, you know, how do I, how do I literally translate from one language to another? How are things said? And 
especially with computer software, there are terms, there are phrases that that may take the English or they may adopt it and it, and people argue about it when we see that all the time and we actually test, <laughs> we, we A-B test strings uh, to be able to, to find out how you can take a concept that may not be familiar in, in a particular new market. And so there's, there's a lot to it. But it's like one of those things where you, you really do need to prepare as if that's going to happen. But, you know, also, you know, realize that 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 just because it, it is linguistically correct doesn't necessarily it's going to be culturally correct. And, you know, in the end, you have to you have to focus on on trying to deeply serve a market that, that, that you have and build out from there. I mean, that's that's my bit of wisdom in, in advance. Um, but one little point about localization, this is such a common thing that I'm almost surprised that I still see it. But, um, you know, when if, if you have code in your app that says if quantity is greater than than one, <laughs> use this string formatter, stop <laughs> and, and, and Google the term strings dict if you're an iOS developer, S-T-R-I-N-G-S-D-I-C-T, since people might... Uh, misconstrue what I just said, but it is a technique for basically having a single format string and Apple's code determining which string format variant to, to choose from you because just because English has, you know, generally one form for, you know, a single item and the same form for plurals of it, like one, you know, one ball, two balls, uh, other languages like like Polish or you know, Ukrainian, Israeli, you know, sorry, Hebrew, you know, all these other languages have much more uh, uh, complicated forms, which depend on the quantity. So if you want to be correct, and it's like one of those things that really sticks out because the, the normal cheat way of doing it is just to use a parentheses S. So you'll be like, you know, you have three ball, you know, parentheses S. Um, to cover both cases, that's kind of a weasel thing. It just looks really unprofessional. There's no need to do it because there's a technique that Apple has given for a long time for doing it. So maybe I'll put that link in there. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is because I saw that recently and I thought it's it's 2021. This is this is well understood. I think what you're saying though as well, it's not just, you know, I think when you, most people when they think of localization, think about just replacing strings. But I think there mm-hmm. is, you know, there is... Um, yeah, more to be said. You said it culturally that software may be different in that language, and therefore, do things actually need to look different? You know, should the flow be different? Should you know, you may um, you know not even just between English. Let's say, for example, you know the US do dates in a silly manner, and Europe do in a different manner. Um, you know, in the order. <laughs> so, should you know when you if you use a date field um, from macOS or iOS, it localizes it to to to, to do it the right way or the the, the thing but yeah that there may be other examples where you need something in a different order for a different locale because that's the way that user would expect to see it so i think you know strings is a good step forward and having them in 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 different languages but that doesn't necessarily mean you're then going to be a good spanish app or a good you know french app or whatever else and so it is a little bit more thought than that needs to go into it indeed indeed so I have one other little tip that I came across while fixing a bug yesterday. Would you like to hear about that, Scotty? I always love to hear your tips, John. Okay. This, this is the just the tip section of our, of our broadcast. We could, call it, we could call it the tip of John. There we go. Um, so this is just, Or John's tip. There we go. Um, so, you know, with, with auto layout, there's that, you know, most 
most people have gotten used to. By the time now, most people have gotten to, to auto layout. Everybody's desperately switching to, to Swift UI, which which does things uh, you know a lot more simply. And, and if you can use Swift UI, it certainly removes lots of problems, but not all of them, especially not even necessarily with localization, because I've I've seen regressions uh, in our app. Uh, in in certain edge cases where with great fanfare something was switched off to to Swift UI because it was a standalone part of the app and then I saw bugs which were you know came to my attention and I promptly you know directed the, directed the people who reported it to the attention of somebody else whose responsibility is is a different part of the app and, and that's great and and uh, and I was conversing with him and and he was like so how do I fix this and I said using UI Kit Auto Layout. But it, 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 it's it's not an all an uncommon problem, which has to do with multi uh, multi line labels, you know, because you know UI label does lots of great things, and uh, but oftentimes when you're trying to to make something work where you have multiple UI labels and you have a fixed amount of space, particularly on smaller devices, you may need to adapt your design a little bit because you know people design it in one language and they figure okay what's the longest line length that that, that this can be surely it can't be more than 2 so you design it for 2 and you make it work across all devices and then all of a sudden you want to support another language and what took used to be two lines is now four lines and then then you run out of space on on the smaller devices and you either have to kind of rethink the design a little bit or make some compromises or maybe go back to the the translator and say is there any way of expressing the same idea in less than a war and peace paragraph thing. So um, these are all techniques that can be done. And so I said, well, these are the things that you you can try. And in this particular case, there actually was plenty of room. It was just really uh, something that if, if you had been using auto layout, at least correctly, you could have made a, a series of constraints that would absolutely make it work properly. Um, but it, it can be tricky. But uh, I had to fix a bug, which was my responsibility in, in an area of the app where, you know, I'd been through this and, and, and solved this problem of a, of a pin entry field um, uh, and, and long since made it so that it could handle unlimited numbers of lines and it had been working fine, except in, up until it didn't, I saw a bug report like, that's not possible. Um, and I was very sad this again for an upcoming language. So, uh, and it, Unfortunately, it's in a part of the app where there's an automation test for it, so you can make this, you know, see the screen grab and see it's incorrect. But in order to get the app into that state, requires a certain amount of setup. So I actually cheated, <laughs> ran the test so that it would automatically generate the account and and put it in the right place in the right country and the right with the right title to be able to exercise this thing. And and then, um, but unfortunately, doing that in in the the new language, which is not released yet, I couldn't kind of take the account that that had been auto generated as part of the test. But I was very happy to use my language switcher, so I could log in in English in this specially prepared account, and then had a, a link to load the title that would exercise it. And I was very fortunate to be able to switch the language so I could then get it in the state and, and find out that, no, I wasn't hallucinating. It actually was a real bug. And and then I, and, and I said, all right, well, let me try first on, on my phone because it must surely, you know, hit, hit, you know, affect it there. And, of course, it worked just perfectly fine on the phone, did not work on iPad, and I was grumpy. Until I realized that, well, you know, on, on iPad, we allow uh, multiple, you can do landscape or portrait orientations for, for the app, whereas on the iPhone, only only full playback, you know, makes the app go landscape. 
And so it was kind of subtle, kind of subtle. And I was like, all right, well, I know what's happening. Where's the problem? And this is a case where, you know, uh, the, the, the entry field uses a zip, which there's, you know, there are plenty of zips that we've used in our app. People tend not to use them now for, you know, lots of reasons, but this one had a zip and there was no reason not to be able to, to fix it simply. And it was just a reminder of this thing called compression resistance, which is, it's like, you know, one of the great things that it took me a long time to kind of use fluidly in auto layouts that you can basically, you know, describe where things should be pinned and anchored, you know, and, and what the relationship of, of one, you know, view element to another is with, you know, and that's where it becomes a little bit tricky because you can say, I want it to be a fixed distance from from this this edge and then i want to have you know a greater than or less than you know uh distance between these two elements and in this particular case everything was set up perfectly it did not make any sense why it was not working but lo and behold in in interface builder or in code if you want you can you know take the default compression resistance which is for the kids listening out there the the resistance for something like, well, for any view to be able to say, I'm going to adjust myself. I'll, I will not be compressed anymore. I will not be made any smaller. Somebody else has to give. Um, and so th that is a value that by default is 750 uh, out of 1,000. I don't know where they got to that, but Ken Ferry must know since he's the father of auto layout. But it's a case where you just change it from 750 to 751. So you have slightly more compression resistance, in which case it forces some other element to, to go. In this case, the total height of, of the view. And, you know, and then all of a sudden everything just worked. Um, and so this is like one of those things where when I started working on it, I thought, oh my God, this could take hours and hours. But happily and luckily, um, it took a few minutes. Part of the reason why it took a few minutes is because with debugging, as you know, it's kind of getting the app into the state that that demonstrates it oftentimes is 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 what the trickiest part is. And in this particular case, there was a unit, there was a, a, a UI test with a screen grab, which, you know, I could go find the test and see exactly how to do it and set it up. But since it was in a, in, as I said, on an unreleased language, it's a little bit tricky to get done. But, you know, kids, uh, if you're going to sustain code over the long term, uh, whenever you come across a scenario in one language or one context, you can pretty much bet you're going to see it again. Even if you think I fixed it for all possible combinations, don't believe that and make sure that you leave plenty of breadcrumbs or kind of comments in the code or test descriptions so that you can help, you know, exercise things and you will then uh, be able to save the day when it needs to be there. There we are. There's always room for something to go wrong. No matter how many times yeah, you think you've um, Okay, I'm totally going to take us back to where we were before because um, it, it just occurred to me where you were you were saying that. Not to dismiss what you've just been saying, but I have nothing to to, to add to your tip there. Um, is uh, localization in Swift UI now? Obviously, zips you could have multiple you know, string files for the zips and whatever else and just look multiple locales to make them work. Um, what happened? I mean, I've never tried it. What happens in Swift UI? Well, I mean, I think for one thing with, with zip files, there, there are two techniques because one, you can run a tool which will, will basically at runtime load strings into the zip for you. And I, I, you don't want to do that. You, 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 it never works. I mean, it, it does, I suppose, but it's just more effort than it does. I mean, even if you use zips, you should probably get in the habit of programmatically 
updating things in 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 your in your class and and let's it's it's going to be a technique that I think is similar between Swift UI and and Zibs. I think the thing that that Swift UI shares with auto layout in general is that you are designing a a system and that in in the case of a Zib it's it, you know you work on it visually it's encoding the the attributes of the system so they both share something it's like I want a text label here and then we're going to say what is the relationship of this text label to something else around it. And so in the case of, of auto layout, you have constraints, which, which uh, does it. And in the case of Swift UI, it's basically, it's a simpler form where you're basically going to have, you know, available space. So you can have flexible spacers in between it. You know, you can argue about which the, the subtle differences between the two, but you kind of have to think about it that the the layout mechanism is its own program it's its own code it's going to take some inputs it's going to and then it's going to adjust itself as as best it can and you know the difference between swift ui and a zip files is that in a swift ui you can it's a lot easier with a preview to be able to test things you know in in the live preview if that's working <laughs> and and if you so long as you have a fast enough machine it does work but in that particular case you can test your your the the theory and practice of how you're setting things up um, much more easily than you can do it with a zip file with the zip file you know in, a, in, a, in a, there were ways of basically using pseudo localization to take english strings and and blast them out to kind of, you know, double or even more, you know, change the the, the, the amount of text on it so it can simulate going from an ang- a language like English to Russian. And of course, you can switch to different orientations and different devices. Um, and you can do that without actually having to execute the code, whereas Swift UI, you can have a, a preview and you can have dummy code in there, um, which will then exercise it in the right way. But fundamentally, it's kind of the same thing. You're going to work with a series of 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 constraints as they're actually called in, in a zip file or with UIKit and what I guess you could refer to as conceptual constraints or, you know, hints as how something should behave. Where do where does the flexibility exist? This thing is directly linked to this thing and, and will always have, you know, a spacer that is 10 10 you know screen pixels of distance and then you can have something next to it and then you can have your expanding image view or text view and then you can have another thing else which would have a spacer and the spacer can be defined to take all available space that's there but the you know swift ui it it it, it also has this difference where the system will say this is how much space we're going to allot to to your your view system and then at runtime you know you can say okay this is what it's been allotted and you can say I want to allot a different space or do something different for it. So, it it it's it's subtly different. It's simpler, and the difference is is that there are no zip files. You have to kind of you have to get used to looking at the the, the Swift UI declaration and an effect kind of um, uh, interpreting it in your mind. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, <laughs> you can have it run. And that's, I guess, the the big difference. So I don't know. I've, I don't know whether that's helpful or not. I'm sure it helps someone somewhere. Just not you <laughs> or anyone listening right now. No, well, it, 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 it's not. It's it was it was more of a. Uh, I'd not considered how it worked in SwiftUI because I've not really done much SwiftUI myself at the moment. Um, uh, mm. Primarily because I still mainly do Mac work and. Mm-hmm. As we discussed in last week with one password, SwiftUI is not as far forward on the Mac as it is on um, 
uh, iOS, and of course with the Mac, I think you have you have far more issue of supporting back more releases. Therefore, you have less flexibility in adopting new technologies. So it was more from my inexperience of SwiftUI. I was interested as opposed to I actually had a problem that needed yeah. to be solved. So it didn't help me because right. I didn't have a problem, um, but it uh, may have helped somebody. Okay, well, that's good. And, John, if people want to thank you for that help and um, really just want to uh, let you know how wonderful it was, how should they do that? Well, they should find me on the place where all things wonderful occur, and that's Twitter, freshly clean after it's been scrubbed. I, I, I take it that Twitter did, in fact, hire the guy who... <laughs> It was pressure washing the sidewalk and, and the windows around the Twitter headquarters because I noticed that Twitter this week has just been much more friendly. Not like people are getting into it with each other over things like, I don't know, vaccination or Afghanistan or climate change. Everybody's just been very, very pleasant to each other. So please join the pleasant conversations and find me as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if people want to tell you to shut your damn phone up, uh, so that when you're recording, the, nobody has to listen to the in the background. Um, where might they do that? Well, John, they can do that on Twitter. But it, it, I, I just I'm a little um, <laughs> disappointed with your level of knowledge because that was actually a Mac notification and not a phone notification. And oh, um, <laughs> you, you should, you know, a man of your experience and age should should be able to identify the two apart. My desk is a bit of a nightmare at the moment because I'm I'm. You know, I because you're sitting in. Well, it is, but actually, my desk is totally clean. The only thing on my desk right now are iPads and laptops. But there are four laptops and an iPad and my phone actually on on the desk right now. So um, I'm not sure which one Bing bonged. Um, Hmm. There we are. I apologise for whichever machine Bing bonged, um, but I cannot apologise for your ignorance. Of, of of machine noises, it's um I'm I'm not sure how long our friendship can last with this level of ignorance. Anyway, um if you want to um confer with me that I should be disgusted by John's ignorance, you can do that on Twitter, where I am <laughs> Mac Devnet, and uh, but of course do it in the way John says in a very pleasant way. Um and I'm sure when um you message me and the notification comes in on my phone, I will identify it as my phone correctly. Well, gosh, Scotty, I have nothing else. I'm just going to crawl into a hole here and cover myself and cry myself to death. Well, don't go that far, John. Otherwise, I just find, you know, as as much as sometimes these are a little awkward, these situations, I really don't want to have to bother to find a new show host. Punching bag. If you die, if you die. Um, So, Mm. you know, at at best, you know, um, maim yourself or something so so that you can come back later. Oh my word! We're degenerating to into the more normal way of things. Uh, so, <laughs> thank you very much for listening, whoever you are this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed your turn on the rotor, and um, may your next slots be many months away. So, thanks for listening, and until next time, you, unless you're Scotty, take care. <laughs> Thank you.